Well, it always is an honor and a privilege to be able to share with you. And uh, just as Pastor said, my name is Michael, and I'm one of the pastors on staff here. And uh, all of you who are joining us online, a special welcome to you this morning. We are glad that you are here. And I don't know about you, but my summer went by extremely fast. Um, It feels like I have two seasons in life. It's summer, and then it's Christmas, and then it's summer again, and then it's Christmas again, and then it's summer, and the wheels on the bus go round and round. Um, and so I don't know about you, but, but it just seems like time just keeps moving and it's going by so quickly. And today, uh, the sermon is going to be a little bit different. It might feel uh, like a, a commercial somewhat uh, for small groups. And uh, some of you have come from different churches, so you might have heard it called small groups or home groups or connect groups or community groups or life groups or whatever they called it at your church. But, but we believe here... Um, that it's important to get connected into a group, to have group life together. And so please, 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 please come back next Sunday um, because Pastor Dan is going to be preaching and his sermon will exceed all of your wildest expectations um, next Sunday. He's promised me that. And so you are not going to want to miss that. No, no applause for that. Okay, no. All right. No one's excited about that. Um, but, but so I want you to come back next Sunday because today's teaching, and you may leave here and feel a little short change, today's teaching might be a little bit different than what you're used to. Um, but here at Bethesda, I'm learning, we've been here for a little bit over a year now, um, that, that Bethesda is not just a church for church people. That, that we believe that Bethesda is a church for the unchurched, so maybe this is your first time back to church in a really long time. Maybe someone invited you. They said, hey, there's a lot of cute girls there. You should come. Um, Maybe they promised you lunch. I don't know how they got you here this morning. Uh, But you may be skeptical. You may say, you know what? I don't know if I believe in all that Jesus stuff. I don't know if I really believe in the Bible. I I haven't been to church in a long time because I felt like if I go back to church that the church would cave in on top of me. I I don't know uh, if I I can connect there. It's just I've had a bad church experience. All of us have had bad church experiences probably before at some point in time. but maybe, maybe you're coming back, and we've heard Pastor Dan's heart that, that he's shared with us many, many times that we're called to be reachers, that we're called to be reaching into our community. And so whether you've been in church for a long time or you've never been to church before, you're welcomed here. We just want you to know that, that this is a place for you to be. And in fact, we have three different languages that are having their own service this morning. We have a, a Spanish-speaking service, a French-speaking service, a Swahili-speaking service. And so we really believe that God has called us to reach out to those in our community and to those around us. And, and so we're a group of Jesus followers that are practicing community together. We're a group of Jesus followers that are practicing community together. And when I say the word Jesus follower, I don't mean that you have to have a master's in theology. I don't mean that you have to have certain books of the Bible memorized. What I I simply mean is this, that you're taking a step towards Jesus. And we've talked about that here before, that when Jesus called people to follow him, Jesus loved people who were nothing like him and people who were nothing like Jesus loved him. And when he called them to follow him, he said, "Just, just take a step, take one step towards me and watch what happens. And so we're a group of of Jesus followers that are believing that we should be in community with one another, that we should be in groups together, that we should be holding one another accountable. And, And the way that I've heard it, and it's growing more and more popular in church circles, is just simply this, that circles are better than rows. 
Circles are better than rows. Now, you're in rows this morning, and I'm glad you're in rows, and, and you can see the person uh, in front of you, the back of their head, right? And, and that's, that's basically your view for most of the service is the back of the person in front of you, maybe the person beside you. But, but we believe that these rows, this is necessary, and this is good, and this is great. We, we sing worship songs in rows. We take offering in rows. So I'm not against rows. That's okay. But, but we believe that there is something powerful that can happen when you're in a circle with a group of other believers. That there's something powerful that can happen when, inside, when you're inside of a circle with some other people, that there's conversations that can be had. That someone knows when you're not there. See, here and here it's easy for you to sneak in the balcony and then just walk out, or sit in the back row and just walk out. But in a circle, someone knows if you're there or not. Someone misses you. When you start to drift, they're going to come after you. They're, they're going to call you. They're going to text you. They're going to say, hey, where are you at? And my family and I, we're a little bit obsessed with the Olympics. Um, I don't know if any of you have been watching the Olympics. We have all of the commercials memorized. Um, all of those jingles keep getting in our heads. Nationwide is on your side. Um, but anyway, so I could sing all of the commercials and tell you all about them. But we've been watching the Olympics. And, and so it only happens four times a year. So we, we're up late. We're up early. We're watching it and, and doing that thing. We, we all just sleep in the living room together. It's great. But... Um, um, there was a race at the very beginning, a cycling race, the women's cycling race, and they're coming down the hill there in Rio, and I was getting car sick because the cameras and all of that stuff, but there was a bad accident, and so a girl by the name of Mara Abbott, she's at the front of the pack. She's a USA cyclist, and because of this accident, she was able to get out and get around, and, and so she's ahead, and she's five minutes ahead of everybody else. And we're cheering, yay, USA, USA. We're getting excited. They're going to win. They're going to win. But then all of a sudden, the announcer comes on. And they said, there's a group of cyclists, three cyclists, and now she's only four minutes ahead. Now she's only three minutes ahead. Now she's only two minutes ahead. And I brought a video clip with me this morning. I want you to watch the end of this race as Mara Abbott, she she loses the race because this group is working together to catch her. Watch this clip real quick. And that sounded like one of those auctioneers. I couldn't even understand all of that he was saying. But did you see that? That this group catches this one lone rider by themselves. Even though they were five minutes, five minutes ahead on a bike, they were able to catch her. And church, if you don't hear anything else that I say this morning, if you fall asleep, if you get distracted on Instagram, if you just have to leave early because your child's number comes up, I just want you to hear this. Jesus has never called you to follow him alone. Jesus has, this is not a lone ranger kind of faith. 
You were never called to follow Jesus or to be in some spiritual wonderland all by yourself, that you were actually called to be in community with other believers. Because if you're not in community, then you can't even obey most of the teachings of Jesus and Paul because you can't one another one another. Paul and Jesus said over and over again, love one another, encourage one another, lift one another up, carry one another's burdens. Over and over again, you hear this one anothering one another. And if you're all by yourself, if you're a super Christian with your S on your chest and your cape on your back and you think you can do this alone, you are sadly, sadly mistaken. Because Jesus never called you to follow him by yourself. And so many times now, now when people hear that, that I'm on staff here at Bethesda, they'll stop me. Oh, I've attended your church before. I've been to your church before, and I'm always gracious, and I'm always kind. And I say, I say thank you so much. But what I'm really thinking is, well, you attended a worship service. Because church is more than just sitting in rows on a Sunday morning. Church happens in your home and in my home when we have home groups. Church happens down the halls on Wednesday nights when a group of girls and impact girls get together with their leader and they make these crafts and they memorize verses together and they pray for one another and they laugh together and they have a snack together every Wednesday night. Church happens in Royal Rangers when, when a group of, of men invest into, small, into these young boys and, and they tell them about Jesus and, and they set this godly example before them and they study God's word and they do these cool knots with ropes and all of this stuff that my son comes home and tells me, that's where church is happening at. Church happens on Wednesday nights in, in our student ministries, in the edge where these, stu these student leaders or these adult leaders meet with these students and they break up into grade groups and they talk about the sermon that Pastor Shaler just preached and they share with one another and they have pizza together and they play dodgeball together and they hang out together. That's where church is happening at. See, church is more than just a worship service. Church is more than just 1030 on Sunday morning. Church happens when you meet together face to face with one another. That's where life happens at. That's where your faith and life begin to intersect with one another. And parents, can I just tell you this? Can I get on my little uh, rant just for a second? If you don't have your kids in one of these groups, can I just tell you something? Please do yourself a favor and do that. Because listen, we wanna partner with you in one of the most difficult jobs that you have to do, parents, grandparents. We wanna help you raise another human being. Right? I mean, we can't raise your kids for you, but we want to partner with you to help your kids love God, love themselves, and love others. We want to partner with you, parents, and we don't even charge you anything for it. We don't even take any tax dollars for it. But it, it's not free, you know that. And so many of you give every week because you believe that, hey, we're investing in the next generation. We're investing in the future of our church because we believe that circles are better than rows. And, and so you get to be a part of this. And so many times my heart breaks is when I was a youth pastor and parents would come to me and say, hey, my 16-year-old, my 17-year-old, they've kind of gone off the tracks. Can we put them in your student ministry? And I would always say, yes, absolutely you can. But it would have been a lot better if you would have put them in when they were six years old or seven years old and not when they're 16 years old or 17 years old and they're not listening to you any more and so parents that's why we do what we do it's more than just a program it's more than just to give you a break from your kids for an hour and a half this is vital we believe that we're investing 
And that groups, circles are better than the rows. And parents, just one other thing, and then I'll be done. I promise I'll, I'll stop picking on you. Please, 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 don't take your kids to a church that teaches them to hate church. Because when they leave your house, they are going to apply what they feel, and they're not going to come back to church. Even if you grew up in that church, even if it's the denomination you grew up in, even if you love the preaching and the worship, and it's the closest church to your house, please, 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 don't take your kids to a church where they hate church, because then they're going to practice that later. Take them to a church where they love to be. And if you're here this morning and you've had a great church experience and you grew up in a church that was great, I want to encourage you and challenge you. And Pastor Josh would say the same thing. Pastor Brenda would say the same thing. Pastor Shayla would say the same thing. Come with us and partner with us in investing in the next generation of our kids, our junior hires, our high school students, our college students, because you have something to offer. And you can help to help them navigate and avoid some pain and regret and hurt that you wish someone else would have invested in you and told you about when you were their age. But now you have the chance to help them so that they can avoid some of those speed bumps in life. And we can do this together. So groups aren't just for kids. They're not just for middle school. Yeah, we can applaud for that. Praise God for that. So groups, circles aren't just for kids or junior high students or high school students or college students. Groups, groups are for everyone. Because all of us at some point in our lives, we face this kind of situation and this circumstance that we're going to look at, at the Bible here. And, and one of the wisest men who ever lived was a guy by the name of Solomon. Now he had 300 wives, so I don't know how wise he was, but you. <laughs> yeah. um, and, uh, but, but he was called one of the wisest men to ever live. Even Jesus acknowledged that. And, and so he wrote these Proverbs and these wise sayings down. And, and he, in the book of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and Song of Solomon, he, he writes these, these wis, wisdom sayings for us. And obviously he has something to offer us this morning because we're still talking about him thousands of years later. Now, more than likely, none of us in this room, no one's going to be talking about us thousands of years from now. No one's going to be quoting us thousands of years from now. So we can probably, even if you're not a Christian, even if you don't believe Jesus, even if you don't believe in the Bible, this isn't really necessarily a Christian thing. This is just a thing thing. This is just a human nature thing. But Solomon has this incredible wisdom. And if you have your Bibles this morning, you can turn right to the middle, and you're going to probably open up to Psalms. And then if you go to the right a little bit, you'll hit Proverbs and then Ecclesiastes. And we're going to be in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse number 9. If you don't have your Bibles, it's okay. It's going to be up on the screen behind me. You're going to be able to follow along. But Solomon imparts to us, he kind of crystallizes this idea of the importance of having someone in your life. And this is what he says in Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and beginning at verse number 9. He says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. And all he simply means by that is just this. When you wash your car, get someone to help you. 
When you move out of your apartment, have some people come and help you move because you're going to have a lot more success. You're gonna be able to do a lot more the more people that you have involved. There's an old proverb that says, many hands make light work. And so the more people you have, the better return on your labor. So Solomon, that's all he's saying in that. Then he goes on and he says, if either of them falls down, one can help the other up. So if you've ever fallen down before, if you've ever, if it's hard for you to get out of the pews, and the older I'm getting and you look at me and you're like, you're not old, you young whippersnapper. Um, but the older that I'm getting, the harder it is for me to get out of chairs or off of the floor. I have to have my kids come and say, guys, Lily, you push from the back and Abby and Malachi lift me up. And so I was trying to do a sit-up because I thought, man, these Olympians are so great. I'm going to work out. And my kids are like, dad, don't hurt yourself. So... When you have people, if you've ever fallen down, he says, it, you, if you have someone else, you can get picked up. Someone can help you up. And then this kind of comes to the crux of what we're looking at this morning. He says, but, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. I want that to sink in. Pity the person who falls down and there is no one there to help them up. Now, I've asked a few guys to help me. Guys, if you want to make your way up here, we're going to illustrate this. Have you ever seen or been part of a trust fall? Anybody in here? Okay, a few of you guys have. We're going to do a trust fall from the balcony this morning. And uh, <laughs> no, I'm joking. We're, we're going to do a trust fall. Um, and Zach is going to help me. Yeah. Yeah, if you guys want to line up down there, right over here. And, and we're going to do a trust fall. Now, what a trust fall is, is that, that there's one person, and they're saying that they trust the people that are behind them, and that they believe that they're going to catch them. And so, um, Zach, before we do this, I just need you to sign this waiver of intent, <laughs> just right here. Thank you so much. All right, thank you. We, you can never be too sure nowadays, and so um, we just want to make sure all of our bases are covered for that, so thank you so much. But um, what Zach is going to do is, is he is saying, you know what, I, I trust that these group, this group of guys, they're, they're going to catch me when I fall backwards. And, and so uh, the group says, do you trust us? And Zach says, yes. And then the group says, fall and then they fall he falls down and they catch him and so if you guys want to move closer together here here we go and and here's the question you guys ask him do you trust us that, yeah yes okay so fall zach and they're gonna catch you here we go yes awesome job Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Zach. You're an amazing man. We're not going to have to use that waiver. That's awesome. Um, now, now, here's my question to you. If that group of guys had been over here at the front of the stage and Zach was over there and he fell and I said that and, and they all tried to run and catch him, would they be able to catch him as well as they just did? Or if they were way over there and Zach was, was right here and he fell, he's probably going to hurt himself more than likely. Because proximity actually matters. 
See, you might know some people in here. You can turn around and you can spot a few people or maybe you know someone's name that sits across the row from you or they sit down the row from you every single Sunday so you know who they are. But who has the permission in your life to ask you the tough questions? Because all of us have seen someone fall in their marriage and no one's there to help them up. We've all seen people who, who've, who've fallen in their dating relationship and no one's there to help them up. We've all seen people fall in their parenting and, and no one is there to help them up. We, we've all seen that happen. And so my question to you this morning is, who has permission in your life? Who is it? Who has permission in your life to say to you when they see you drifting, when they see you going a different direction, who has permission in your life to say, hey, can I talk to you for a minute? Hey, hey, who has permission in your life to keep you from falling in your marriage, in your finances, in your parenting, in your dating relationships, in your work, in your career life? Who has permission to be a voice in your life to say, hey, can we talk? Can I share something with you that I'm seeing as a pattern in your life? Who has permission? Because Solomon says, pity the person. Pity the person who falls down and no one is there to help them up. No one is there to reach out and to grab them. No one is there to help them when they fall down and they hurt themselves. No one is there to help them up. And so my question to you, church, is just simply this. Who is it in your life? Because you might have this lone ranger mentality. I'm fine. I just, it's just me and Jesus and we're fine. We're good. We're good. And Solomon would say, you're actually foolish. And pity you if you don't have anyone in your life to help you up. He, he goes on to say it this way. Though one may be overpowered, two, two can defend themselves. And we're not necessarily in hand-to-hand combat or, or fighting battles or war here in this place any longer, but, but we all know what it's like to be overwhelmed, don't we? Overwhelmed in our marriage, overwhelmed at work, overwhelmed with our, our budget and our finances. There's not enough money to meet, make ends meet at the end of the month. There, there's too many bills for the amount of money you have. We, we all know what that's like. And so Solomon is saying, hey, If you have someone else in your life, you don't have to allow the overwhelming circumstances of life to control where you go and what you do. That you can actually have people who can help you and you don't have to feel so overwhelmed in your life. And then the last just verse is this, and you may have had this read at your wedding or you may have heard this verse before and it just says, a cord of three strands is not easily broken. Cord of three strands is not easily broken, and all of us know this. The thicker the cord, the thicker the rope, the harder it is for it to be cut. The harder it is for it to be broken. And Linnell and I, during our married life, we've been in many groups. This is personal to us. We've been in many groups along the way in our lives, and we've been in groups with people who are broken. But what I've found is that people who are in authentic community with one another and are close to one another, they don't stay broken for very long. That eventually they find hope and healing and encouragement and strength in those relationships. And and so my question to us is just super simple. Who is it in your life, church, that has a voice in your life to speak and, and to help you up when you fall down? Because the amazing thing about groups is this. 
that those people that you're close to, and Lanelle and I have experienced this, they can see it coming. They can see it coming before you can. And you might be saying, well, what's it, Michael? That's the point. You don't see it. <laughs> but they can see it coming. I mean, all of us, don't, don't elbow your, your spouse or don't raise your eyebrows or don't look around or don't start whispering. But we've all seen families, right? And we've all seen husbands and the way that they talk to their wives and the way that he talks to his wife and the way that he talks to his wife and the way that he ignores his wife and the way that he ignores his wife and the way that he ignores his wife. And you can see it coming, but he can't. Or, or you see a wife and you see that the, the way that she dismisses her husband, the way she dismisses her husband, the way she talks about her husband, the way she belittles her husband, and you can see it coming, but she can't because she's in the middle of it. Or you see parents and the way that they discipline their kids or the way they don't discipline their kids or the way that they talk down to their kids, the way that they talk down to their kids, the way that they talk down to their kids, and you can see it coming, but they can't. Because that's the amazing thing about groups. That's the amazing thing about when you have people in your life, you can see it coming before they can. And husbands, wives, parents, grandparents, uncles, aunts, college students, young adults, there are people in your life that can see it coming. But the question is, are you willing to listen? Are, are you willing to listen? Have you built a friendship? Have you built a trust, a group that you trust who is gonna catch you, who has your best interest in mind? Because young adults, college students, all right? Young professionals, can I talk to you for a second? Just for one second. The amazing thing about being single is that you have freedom. We have a lot of young adults in here, a lot of college students, a lot of young professionals. The, the amazing thing about being single is this, you have freedom, so you don't have to deal with you. Did you know that? You have freedom, so you don't have to deal with you, because there's no one there telling you what to do. And you're never gonna learn some of the things that you need to learn in your life because you're not married yet. <laughs> Marriage is one of the greatest discipleship tools that, that God ever invented. <laughs> but singles, you, you don't have to do that, why? Because if you don't like your college roommate or you don't like your roommate, you'll just find another roommate. If you don't like the city that you live in, you're just gonna pack up and call U-Haul and you're gonna move to another city. If you don't like the job that you're working at, you're not gonna deal with the fact that it might be your fault. You're just gonna find another job. Because singles, you have freedom and so you can do whatever you want to. But the truth of the matter is, probably, you haven't stopped to look in the mirror long enough to see, maybe I have some issues. And see, singles, if I can tell you this, all of the married couples would tell you this. There aren't marriage problems. Did you know that? Marriage problems are easy. The problems are single people problems and single people problems and then they get married. And then they have issues because they've never dealt with their single people problems to begin with. Over and over again, I'm finding this out and I'm still young and I don't have it all figured out yet. But there's not marriage, a lot of marriage problems. Marriage problems are what side of the tube are you gonna squeeze the toothpaste on, the front or the back? It's supposed to be the back, not the front. That's marriage people problems. And, and so if you don't get that figured out now, and, and single guys, can I just talk to you for a second? Can I be honest with you? This might be your problem. You're not getting any dates because check out this picture. 
Is it coming up? Right there. You have bad breath. And who's going to tell you that? You don't live with your mom anymore, right? She's not laying mints on your pillow at night anymore. You need a toothbrush. But you, and that might be the whole reason you haven't gotten a date in a year. You're like, what's wrong with me, God? Why aren't you bringing her to me? Because you don't use a toothbrush. That's why. All right, all the single ladies. All the single ladies, put your hands up. No, I'm joking. Don't put your hands up. Keep your hands down. Single ladies, I am smart and wise enough not to point out anything specific for you. So, no pictures for you. But... You're welcome. But when you're single, when you're a young adult, you don't have, and if you don't have a circle in your life, if you don't have a group of people in your life that are telling you the things maybe that you don't want to hear, that are pulling you aside and saying, hey, this is a little bit awkward, this is a little bit, uh, but, but can you just hear me out? I love you and I care about you and I want, I have your best interest in mind. I'm not just going to pick on the single people, married couples. You know this. I know this. If we don't have support in our marriage, our marriage will end in life support. If we don't have support now in our marriages, eventually our marriage is going to need life support later. And you don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. But the fact of the matter is, that there are some things in your marriage that you haven't dealt with for years. And your wife's not gonna tell you that. Your husband's not gonna tell you that. He's like, I am not bringing that up again. Let's go to a small group, all right? (laughs) But all of us, in my marriage, if I don't have people speaking into my life, telling me, asking me the tough questions as a husband, as a father, then it's easy for me to become arrogant and prideful and say, hey, it's not my fault, it's Linnell's fault. It's the kids' fault. It's not me, it's them. And the enemy and life just begins to put a wedge between me and my wife and my family and my kids. And that's why, church, circles are better than rows. Circles are better than rows. Last thing, and we're gonna be done here. It's just simply this. What, what I love about circles is that they're preventative, that they can prevent tragedy from happening in your life. They're preventative. And what I mean by that is, is just simply this, that some of you won't have to face the heartache and the pain if you had a group of people in your life that were helping you. You could prevent some of those things that you wish that you could avoid in your marriage, in your life. They're preventative. And, and kind of going back to the student illustration, Let's just kind of play this out a little bit. How many students do you think are never going to have to have a stint in rehab because of the influence of their small group leader? We'll never know. I mean, you never know how how many car accidents you've avoided because you're a good car, you're a good driver. We'll never know about how many students, they're never going to have to wrestle with an unwanted pregnancy because of the influence of a small group leader in their life. We don't know how many kids are never going to have to deal with, with the addiction to drugs or to alcohol because of a, a leader that's in their life. 
We don't know how many college students are never going to have to walk through a messy divorce because of the influence of a leader in their life. We have no idea because groups are preventative. Groups are, are, are preventative, and we'll, we may never know of the dozens or even hundreds of students that we've helped, young kids and rural rangers and missionettes in our Joshua House program, mentoring program. We'll never know how many people we've helped because... We believe that circles are better than road, that we're willing to invest and talk and have the tough conversations and not just sing on Sunday mornings and put a few dollars in the plate and leave out the same way that we came and never talk to anyone. We'll never know how many lives were effective because of people being in groups. And this is personal for me. Linnell and I, like I said, we've been in small groups for most of our marriage. And there were times in our marriage that we needed people in our lives financially, to give us advice on how to handle our finances, on how how for me to, to love my wife like Christ loved the church. There are people, there are couples that we've walked with through the loss of their child, that we've stood right beside them as they've walked through one of the most difficult things in losing their child. We've walked with couples through who were on the brink of divorce because of whatever issue it was, and we were able to watch God use us to help bring healing to their marriage. We were able to help people who who were not connected to anyone else or had questions about God or do I really believe this or do I really understand this or is Christianity really for me? We've been able to walk people through that and pray with them and lead them to Christ and to say, hey, follow us as we follow Christ, and we've been able to do that in groups. This is extremely personal to me. I mean, we even, we, since we've been here now, we've been able to start our home group and we're just kind of getting kick-started because everyone in our group doesn't know everyone and, and so we're learning how to, to just be friends, first of all. You have to establish some type of friendship, relationship before you can move on. You have to establish this circle of trust before you're willing to fall into someone's arms to see if they can catch you. And so church, if you don't believe me, if you don't agree with me, that's, that's totally fine, but just hear me out for one second. How different would your life have been if your mom and dad would have been in a small group? And before your dad started spinning out on his thing or your mom started spinning out on her thing, there was a group of people who said, we're not going to let you go. We're not going to let you fall down. We're not going to let you stay down. Parents, how, how different would, would your kid's life have been if you would have placed them in, in some type of group And I'm not saying group is the band-aid or it's the fix-all or it's the genie in the lamp, so to speak, that it's going to fix all of your problems. I'm not saying that. But what kind of difference would it have made in your kid's life if they would have been involved with a group of people who are saying the same thing that you're saying at home except they're not their parents and so they might listen to them a little longer than they would listen to you. How much of a difference would that have been made, would have made in your family or in your life? Because church, I I believe this with all my heart. Pity the individual. Pity the college student. Pity the young adult. Pity the, the couple. Pity the person who falls down and has no one there to help them up. Circles are better than rows. Circles are better than rows. Now this morning we have our small group or our home group expo and it's gonna happen in the cafeteria. And before you go to the cafeteria, stop at the WOW 
table and sign up for the women's retreat. I want you to do that. But we have the opportunity because we, we have a list of open groups. You received this flyer more than likely when you came in this morning. We have a list of, of groups that are open, of people who, who have opened up their homes and, and some of them meet once a week, some of them meet twice a week, some of them meet once a month, but, but they meet together. And these are homes and we have a lot more, excuse me, small groups than this, but they're already full. In fact, one of these, um, number four, Vanna and Tina Walker, their, their group is already full. They had uh, over 18 people show up, la- or I think it was last night, to their group, and so they're kind of already maxed out at capacity. But, but there's these groups that are open. We have Spanish-speaking groups that are starting. If any of you um, hablo espanol, um, no hablo espanol, uh, but, but if, if you speak Spanish, we have Spanish groups, we have English-speaking groups, and, and we would love for you to just take a moment And to go in and to maybe talk to one of these leaders, we'll have cookies and lemonade there. If for nothing else, come eat the cookies and the lemonade so Abby and Malachi and Lily aren't eating those or Braylon's not eating those the rest uh, of the afternoon or the Geary clan, Um, all of us, all the pastor's kids, they all get to eat. Anything you don't take, uh, our kids are back there with the communion cups. Wait, look. (laughs) Don't tell me, I I mean, I'm a PK, okay? I was doing that until uh, my dad... Sent me, sat me down, and um, he, he did not spare the rod. He, <laughs> he helped me understand, Michael, you are not drinking the leftover communion cups. I thought this was a snack. No. Okay. Anyway. But um, so we have these groups, and we would love, love, love for you to come and to be a part of one of these groups, to find someone near where you live, and to get connected in a group. And, and then there's some of you, and, and you'll you probably never go to someone else's group, but you already meet with a group of friends. Maybe there's three or four other couples that you meet with once a month or every other month. Or maybe young adults, there's a group of friends that you have six or seven or eight friends and you guys hang out together on a regular basis and go to Chipotle or go to coffee shops and drink coffee all day and I have no idea how you do that because you have so much extra time on your hands. But, but you sit in coffee shops all afternoon long and play on your phones and your computers and I'm so glad that you get to do that. But maybe, maybe there's a group of you and you could get together and you could start a home group, you could start a group together, you could start a circle. And maybe the thing that's held you back from starting a circle is just simply this, you're like, well Michael, I'm not a Bible teacher, I wouldn't know where to start, I don't don't know what to do. Well good news, I've got great news. We have a resource, and I'm getting ready to show you the video here, it's called Right Now Media, and we're rolling it out. And they kind of have dubbed it as the Netflix of Christian teaching. Now, I'm I'm sure even if you don't have Netflix, you've probably heard about Netflix. But they've called it the Netflix of Christian teaching, and there are over 10,000 Christian videos of Bible teachers, some of the top Bible teachers in the country that are sharing. Some of the videos are 20 minutes long. Some of them are 10 minutes long. I mean, everyone from John Maxwell to Ravi Zacharias to Tim Keller to Matt Chandler to Francis Chan to David Platt. I mean, I could just keep going and going and going. The list goes on and on and on. And so you can access these videos. I don't have my phone on me. You can, there's an app for it. You can watch it on your phone. You can watch it on your tablet. You can watch it on your computer. You can watch it on your television. You can watch it anywhere you want. 
and your group could watch it together or everyone could watch it separately and then there's some discussion questions right after, afterwards and you can have some discussion questions that come up and you have a small group. You can eat together, you can drink coffee together, you can have a Bible study, a short Bible study, pray with one another and start building a circle and community. And, and so I want us to check out this video real quick and then I'm gonna be done. We're gonna be out early today, okay? Because I wanted to give you plenty of time to sign up for the WOW retreat. I wanted to give you plenty of time to sign up for small groups. And so we're gonna do that. But check out this video really quick and then we'll dismiss here in a moment. 